You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Breaking news alert. Burke and Miz talk off-season signings. Please call the police if you see anyone suspicious not listening to this podcast. Man, a lot of the news today is around two teams, two mediocre teams, and that is the Bengals and the Cowboys. The Bengals made some moves. The Cowboys made some moves. The Bengals especially, they had a disgruntled defensive lineman by the name of Carlos Dunlap. He was traded to the Seahawks for guard B.J. Finney and a seventh-round pick. And really for both teams, I think this is a win-win situation. The, the Bengals' defense wasn't very good this year, and Dunlap wasn't very happy. So you need to get assets for him, and why not get assets that are going to protect your franchise quarterback? And that's what they did. B.J. Finney was signed in the offseason as a center guard type that was supposed to get a, uh, was supposed to be in the starting lineup. However, he didn't make it to the starting lineup and was a reserve, so he became an expensive reserve. So why not ship him to the Bengals? We're saving some cash on that, getting a defender that can help your defense. And on the Bengals side of the ball, again, it's protecting your your star-studded quarterback. It's a a good move all the way around, I think. And on top of that, staying with the Bengals, you know, Quentin Spain, who was released by the Bills just a, a week and a half ago, he was signed by the Bengals. So interior line, they really made some moves today. It's really going to help them out. And uh, my two thoughts about this is the Cincinnati defense wasn't going to win you any games. So why not trade your assets you have to try to improve your offensive line to protect your franchise guy? Because, uh, you know, defenses were pretty happy to see the Bengals offensive line and you don't want 300 pound guys jumping over your quarterback for the rest of the season so you need to keep them upright at least until next year and you know that defense wasn't getting it done so again all the way around I think it was good moves on both sides Everson Griffin part of this Dallas Cowboys defense was traded to Detroit for a sixth round pick and I like that trade I mean it needed to be done Cowboys defense was horrible and they might as well just put a wet paper towel out there to defend because that's about what the Cowboys defense was doing so you you get at least a six round pick out of it cut your losses and this really helps Detroit because they're trying to improve their defense this will help with their run defense a little bit because man the Lions are one of the worst in the NFL and I'm, I'm trying to think of a team worse than the Lions um, maybe the Packers are, are worse than Detroit, but there's not too many teams. So, uh, on top of that, sticking with the Cowboys, they were trying to trade Dontari Poe. And this is a great story because they were trying to trade Dontari Poe and Daryl Worley, and they couldn't. They were so bad that 
everyone's like, we don't want to give you anything for these guys. Good luck. Just keep them because we're not taking them. Uh, it's it's kind of like when you're at uh, uh, at dinner and your parents are trying to make you eat your vegetables, especially like you know Brussels sprouts or broccoli or, or whatever whatever vegetable you don't like. Um, they're giving they're basically giving you that broccoli and those vegetables for free. It's it's good for you, but at the same time you're like, no, this is horrible. I don't want any of that. What I see of it. What what I how it tastes, I just want no part, and that's kind of what the Cowboys defense is. It's it's like your vegetables, except for I, I take that back because vegetables are actually really good for you, and the Dallas Cowboys defense is not really good for you. It's actually really, <laughs> it's actually very unhealthy, especially if you're a Cowboys fan. Uh, I'm sure this defense has given many fans heart attacks this year with. Uh, just how porous they've been and how many points they give up. But uh, I'm not. I'm going to stop ripping on the Cowboys a little bit because it's an easy target and it's unfair. Uh, they're they're cutting Poe and Worley and letting the young guys take over. And I, I see where they're going with that. You can't get any worse than what the Cowboys are doing. You just can't. So why not save some money and have the young guys do the exact same thing, which is nothing. Um, moving on to Karist McKinley, uh, that's at least how I pronounce his first name. He's on the trading block for the Falcons. You know, he started off okay. He had seven sacks as a rookie, and the next year he had, I I think he had like five or so. So he seemed like he was going to be a a pretty decent player, and after that second year, he just fell off a cliff. It's like, you know... Usually you see a progression with rookies year over year, and McKinley was kind of the opposite. He kind of peaked as a rookie and then just has been going downhill ever since then. So Falcons are trying to trade him, and I get it because they didn't match his fifth-year option as a rookie. So he's going to be a free agent next year. So, you know, try and get something for him while you can. I just don't know that you're going to be able to get anything for him. Uh, I mean, if you... Have been watching McKinley play these last two years. I don't see how a team's going to, you know, say, "Oh yeah, I want that guy. I want him to be part of my team." I mean, maybe if some teams will look at that and say, "Well, if we had this guy on my team, we, he could be like a, you know, reclamation project." Um, who knows? Uh, but I, I don't think they'll be able to trade him. But he's on the block. He's available. Uh, Bruce Arians today was talking about Antonio Brown at the Buccaneers practice. Just uh, mentioning how amazing Antonio Brown looked. It's, it's like he's never even left the game. That's great to hear, especially if you picked him up on the waiver wire when you heard that he was signed. This is great timing with Chris Goddard being out. He might even miss a couple weeks. So that is an easy transition for AB a, just to slide right in there and, and be productive. And I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, Antonio Brown is a nutcase, but outside of being a nutcase, he's a hard worker, and he's a really good receiver. So he doesn't need a lot of time to, you know, get involved in the offense. I mean, he can get open, throw him the ball. Brady loves him. I mean, he played one game for the Patriots, and he got like, you know, 60 yards and a touchdown. So it's possible, and especially with, like I said, that Godwin situation, you really got to like 
Antonio Brown at, at this point. Um, this, you know, I, I usually don't like to believe what Bruce Arian says because he says something and then does the opposite. But with this Antonio Brown news, I kind of believe him. I mean, it's just hard not to. Uh, history shows that Antonio Brown is always looking like he's the, the best football player on the field. So uh, good news for the Buccaneers offense. And uh, I guess the only losers in this whole situation is uh, if you're a Chris Godwin owner with him being out and uh, Brown potentially dipping into those targets right now for uh, Mike Evans. Anyways, this is uh, something that I like to bring up always, but it's really relevant now because you're starting to see an influx of players coming off the injured reserve list. There's more players than ever that are uh, able to be designated for a return, and these last couple weeks you've seen a ton. So I didn't mention any of them last week, and I figured now since like i said it's it's a hot topic in the in the news cycle for roster turnover and it's actually really fantasy relevant i figured i'd uh, give an update on all the players that are coming off ir this week and some of them could potentially play this week if they're not playing this week they're going to be playing in the near future so it's better to get them now before they're gone and uh this week it is dallas goddard for the eagles and actually his teammate Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager to me could be, I don't know, like there's, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is a good example where he was on IR and then came off halfway through the year and just exploded and was one of the best receivers in football that rookie year. Jalen Rager has that same talent and potential. Now, I'm not saying he's a Odell Beckham Jr. rookie type player, but he's, uh, pretty amazing and uh he did pretty well his first game he got 60 yards receiving so i think he just takes off from there michael pittman jr he is also becoming available he got hurt pretty early in the year he showed that he was uh he got like nine targets the game he got hurt so he's definitely relevant you need to be all over him as well he actually has a better track record of production than jalen rager right now so um he's a he's a good get off the IR right now. If he's available, scoop him up. And then Alan Lazard for the Packers. You know, he had that amazing game where he had like two touchdowns, 100 yards, and he was everyone's top waiver priority, only for him to go to practice and and be hurt and then go right to the IR. Well, now he's back, so uh, maybe he'll recapture some of that magic with Aaron Rodgers, but he's definitely a guy that you need to get if he's available. Or if you have them on your IR, pay attention to it and get them out, uh, get them off of there and, and play them as soon as possible. Um, and the last one is Tevin Coleman for the 49ers. This is perfect timing because Mostert and Wilson just went to IR. Uh, McKinnon, you know, it's a running back by committee for the 49ers. And Tevin Coleman will be available as well. So he's coming off that IR. He's potentially going to play this week. And you know with the 49ers and their run game, you want to play whoever is going to be the running back. And and Tevin Coleman has the potential to be the main volume guy there for the coming weeks until someone comes off that IR. So make sure you grab Tevin Coleman or you take him off IR and you play him because uh, he's always a good play. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? 
What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview Starting now. Let's start off by just going over the bye weeks. Uh, the week eight buys are the Washington football team, the Arizona Cardinals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans. And I'd like to point them out just because, you know, usually you're facing the best team in the whole entire league. And that just happens to fall on the week that half your roster is on a bye week. So you have to scramble to just even create a roster that everyone's playing in. Usually it's your scrubs, you know, the end of your bench guys. And you get do dominated by the number one team. Good news is that then you don't have to worry about buys very much after that. But then the bad news is you just got annihilated and you had to take an L because of people on a, on the buy. So it works both ways. Uh, there's some you know decent players that are going to be on a buy with the Cardinals. And even the Jaguars have some offensive people that uh, are worthy. You know, James Robinson... You know, if you believed in the Minshew magic, the mustache, the mustache will be resting this week. Houston Texans, that's another one. You know, you got Will Fuller, Deshaun Watson. Uh, they're, they're relevant players, so you, you definitely need to pivot and create a, uh, a competitive lineup at, uh, in spite of them not playing. So we'll jump right into the very first preview game. That is the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's favored by four points. They're at home. And, man, New England looked horrible last week. They just got, they just got annihilated. And there was nothing good about that performance that they had last week. They lost 33-6 to to the 49ers. Uh, Niners were able to do whatever they wanted against them. Cam Newton threw three interceptions, looked horrible. But, you know, Buffalo played, played the Jets, and they didn't look very good. They couldn't even score a touchdown. You know, they had six field goals, and that six field goals made them win by eight. So both teams not playing that well right now. I actually think this is going to be a defensive game where it's going to be pretty low scoring. Buffalo has a reputation of starting off really hot and then kind of fading a little bit down the stretch. You know, they, they look like they're ready to overtake the Patriots in the division. And then they actually play the Patriots, and they lose. And I'm not saying they lose, but I'm taking the Patriots and the four points. You give me four points uh, against the Bills, who, like I said, I think this is already going to be a low-scoring game. I think if the Bills win, it's going to be like by a field goal or you know a, a one point, like a, a squeaker-type game. And, you know, Cam Newton, I don't know. I, I just... Josh Allen, I think they all have. I think I think both teams have horrible games. I think that's what it comes down to. So, starting wise, you're starting Devin Singletary, and I know you're doing that reluctantly. And I hear you. Uh, Zach Moss is really dipping into his carries. So Zach Moss actually is someone that should be on your radar right now. 
he's slowly getting more and more carries that you know now that he came back from injury and Devin Singletary has been really ineffective at this point he's almost like you know you're debating on if you should drop him or not like should you drop Devin Singletary I I mean I wouldn't right now but he's not looking good and you know this matchup against the Patriots is actually a, a good matchup so he should be able to produce and do something but Again, you need to really watch Zach Moss because Zach Moss can be a sneaky pickup for you. Um, if you, someone kept him on the roster, then good for you because you might be able to get a guy that's going to take over the majority of the, the volume in that backfield. Um, Damian Harris, you're starting. Damian Harris is going to be a good start. The Bills aren't doing so well against the rush. They're, they do really well against the receiving back out of the backfield, but they're they're not able just to line up and take you know take out the running game, which is kind of surprising because the Bills, when they first, uh, beginning of the season, I thought their defense was going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL, really solid, uh, and, and part of that was their ability that, that they'd have to take, a, uh, take out the run and... Uh, just hasn't been the case for whatever reason. So I, I like Damian Harris in this matchup. Uh, I think he can have a big game. I like John Brown and Cole Beasley a lot. And hear me out. This is why. Stephon Diggs I have as a sit. I don't like him this week because the Patriots always find that one player that can take over a game that's the most dangerous weapon on that team, and they totally eliminate it. You know, you saw what they did with Darren Waller. Whatever team's best player is, they're going to neutralize that player. That just happens to be Stephon Diggs. So I think that opens up space for John Brown and Cole Beasley. John Brown, he's a speedster, man. He, you know, Josh Allen just throws it up to him and John Brown catches it. I think the big issue is John Brown, he's been hurt. And it's hard to run go routes all day when you're, you know, you just can't physically do it. Uh, he's coming back, and he's uh, not going to be injured, which is a uh, good good timing, playing a division opponent like the Patriots. So I think in this one, he's a good play. Uh, you know, Cam Newton, it's a mediocre matchup. It's not a horrible matchup. It's not a great matchup. It's just a matchup. And Cam Newton, though, is a sit for me in this one because he doesn't make my top 12 at quarterback this week. And he just hasn't looked good in general. So I don't have the confidence in him that he would be a good play this week because of that. Uh, I want a quarterback that uh, is uh, uh, that I have a little more confidence in, that I think can do something besides, you know, throw three interceptions in a game. And I don't think he'll throw three interceptions in this one, but uh, Patriots offense has not been uh, very fun to watch and hasn't been very productive. Uh, Josh Allen, I mentioned, he's a sit. Patriots will definitely be able to neutralize Josh Allen. He's going to have to find other ways and other people to uh, that, that can beat the Patriots. So I think he can do that, but it won't be this game. James White, you know, like I said, the Bills can definitely defend the wide receiver that uh, out of the backfield. That happens to be James White, so I don't think he, I think he's a non-factor in this one. I think he's a big non-factor in this one. Julian Edelman, I mean, he's not getting targets. So let's just look at this from a history perspective. These last three games, he's, you know, 
he's not getting the targets that he needs to be successful. He had three targets last game, had one catch. The week before, he didn't do anything. Same type of issues. I'm actually almost on the verge of cutting Julian Edelman. And I know that's blasphemy for all my, my Boston listeners, uh, you know, who think that Julian Edelman's a Hall of Fame receiver uh, in the slot, which is ludicrous to me. But, I mean, he's a nice receiver. He, he's good. But uh, uh, I guess I should focus back on this one game. He, he's not uh, going to do very well. And, and Julian Edelman is, uh, you know, he has a high drop rate this year. I don't know what's going on with Cam Newton's balls that he just can't catch them. He, he's dropping them. And uh, that doesn't help either when you are getting targeted. You're, you're not catching the ones that uh, are catchable. Stephon Diggs, like I said, they'll be neutralized. Patriots do a good job of that. And then the tight ends, we don't need to talk about the tight ends. Like I, I Ryan Izzo, Tyler Croft, I'll mention their names, but that's as far as I'm going to go because they're not going to be game-planned in. Both teams do a decent job of defending it. Uh, Ryan Izzo potentially could have a good game against the Bills because, uh, you know, the people do well, like tight ends do well against the Bills, but Ryan Izzo is never even targeted Patriots know he's not a weapon. They don't use him. Uh, I'm going to agree with what the Patriots show me in their belief in Ryan Izzo. And, uh, yeah, they're both benches for me right now. This matchup, you know, I have a little secret about this matchup. It's just a little secret. And I'm kind of embarrassed about it. But this matchup right here, I'm really excited about, like, it just has a lot of fantasy goodness. I like it. Uh, I'm excited to watch it. I don't have very many people sitting in this matchup. It's the Tennessee Titans at the Cincinnati Bengals. Tennessee Titans favored by four points. I'm um, taking Tennessee and giving up the, the four points. I just think after the loss they had last week against the Steelers, they're going to come out with a vengeance. And the Bengals will be able to score, but they won't be able to outscore the Titans. So give me the four, or I'll give up the four points. I want the Titans. Starting, sitting, I mean, we'll make this one easy. Start everybody, almost. Uh, you know, you're, you're sitting Corey Davis in this one. A.J. Green, because he has more contest, uh, contested catches than anybody in the NFL. He's, like, in the top five. I, I just think he can't get open right now and I don't know if it's because he's older I mean he's only 30 right so he's not that old but I don't know if it's that or he his injury's still just kind of lingering and he's just trying to play through it because it's you know his last year in the on the, the franchise tag and so he's trying to you know make that money whatever it is he's just not looking the same and it's sad because I'm a big AJ Green fan he's just one of those big receivers that have made just some amazing plays and uh He's really becoming, not, you know, irrelevant with as many targets as he as he gets. It's just baffling to me. Adam Humphreys, put him on your bench. Him and Corey Davis. Bengals do a great job at defending the wide receiver position. Uh, so that's the one thing where I don't matchup wise. I, I don't like that. Drew Sample has an amazing matchup, and this is kind of. I'm going back to this well again because every week I'm like, Drew Sample, he has a great matchup. He needs to be on your bench because they just don't hit him. And he actually had a, one of his better games last week, but still not enough to be fantasy relevant. 
I don't care who he plays. He can play the high school down the street. I don't think you'll get enough targets to be relevant. But having said that, you're starting everybody. Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Derek Henry, King Henry, Giovanni Bernard. And I, I'm saying Giovanni Bernard because Joe Mixon's, you know, he hurt his foot. He was out last week. He might actually be out this week. I think he plays, but there's a chance that he doesn't. And Giovanni Bernard's the guy that most definitely will play. So regardless, whoever's going to be starting, you need to play them and start them with confidence. They'll have a good game. A.J. Brown actually has a bad matchup, but who's guarding A.J. Brown at this point? I mean, he's a beast. He's, uh, you know, I'll just basically repeat what I said last week about him. He's a good receiver, so he you're starting him every week no matter who he plays. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, I think have amazing games this week. Just amazing games. The Titans do not do a good job of covering your receivers, especially across the field, especially across the middle of the field. And that's where I think T. Higgins is going to be a big play. Uh, Tyler Boyd, the same. Tyler Boyd likes to play the you know from the slot most of the uh, on the three wide formations, and I, I think this is going to be a big day for Tyler Boyd as well. Janu Smith, I mean, this is as good as a tight end matchup as you can get. The Bengals are one of the worst teams in the NFL defending the tight end. Janu Smith is one of the best tight ends in the NFL at catching the ball. It's just a match made in heaven if you're the Titans, and it's a match made in hell if you're the Bengals. Um, yeah, so there you go with this matchup. I'm again. I think it's going to be high scoring. It's going to be relevant, and it's one of those games where it, it's fun to watch because of that. And I know the Bengals aren't very good. They're one five and one. Tennessee's, you know, f- what five and one, but uh, you know, by that regard, it seems like it's going to be one sided, but I don't think it is. So we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. But I'm excited. This next matchup is almost going to be a repeat of that Titans-Bengals matchup. It's uh, I'm going to be saying some of the pretty similar things in regards to what I think about it. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. It's going to be exciting in that regard for fantasy football. You're going to be really uh, happy to see your guys produce in this one. And I think on both sides of the ball, you're, you're going to get a lot of production. A lot of production. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are favored by three. They're at home, I get it. But that defense isn't stopping anybody. Nobody. And I'm picking the Raiders. I I think the Raiders win. But even if I thought the Browns might squeak it out, I I would still take the Raiders. I mean, this Cleveland Browns defense right now is just horrible. And... I just, I don't, again, I don't think they can stop anybody, especially a decent offense like the Raiders. I mean, they're they're a good team. Uh, the record doesn't show it, but uh, I think this is one where uh, people are high on Cleveland and the Raiders come in and actually wipe the floor with them. Starting, you're starting Derek Carr, you're starting Baker Mayfield. They're both going to pass all over the place. Um, yeah. They're they're going to pass you as you're driving to the stadium. That's how much they're going to pass. It's going to be a high-scoring game, a lot of throws. 
on both sides. And that's crazy to say because the Cleveland Browns aren't really a passing team. But I think this is one where they're going to be playing from behind and they're going to have to throw a little bit more than usual. And who are they going to throw to, you might, uh, you might ask? Well, I have the answer for you because the Raiders are horrible at defending the, uh, the receiver coming out of the backfield. Happens to be Kareem Hunt, who's a pretty decent receiver out of the backfield. The Raiders also can't defend the run very well. That's another check for Kareem Hunt. So I like him two ways, and I think he's going to be really effective both ways. He actually could be a top play this week with this type of matchup. Josh Jacobs, horrible matchup for him. Just not a really good matchup. Bengals are actually good at defending the the wide receiver or the the receiver out of the backfield. So I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to get a lot of uh, receiving yards. And I, I, you know, I think he's going to continue underwhelming, which is unfortunate because I really like Josh Jacobs. I think he's a decent back, but uh, yeah, he's not going to get it done this game. Henry Ruggs, Nelson Aguilar. I really like them. I like Nelson Aguilar a lot. The Browns cannot defend the slot receiver at all. And Hunter Renfro lives there, but they throw the ball a lot to Nelson Aguilar. And Nelson Aguilar makes a lot more of those big splash plays than Hunter Renfro. So that is why I like Nelson Aguilar. I think he can get a couple touchdowns, you know, a lot of receptions across the middle. And uh, that's going to rack up the yardage for him. So, you know, the yardage and the touchdowns, it's, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a match made in heaven in this one for Nelson Aguilar. I, I can't think of a receiver that I actually like more than Nelson Aguilar with the situation that he's going to be in. You know, having said that, it always jinxes the person. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I like to jinx you. Yeah, it's a good matchup you should produce. Juice Landry, Hollywood Higgins, now that Odell Beckham Jr.'s out for the year with the torn ACL. Hollywood Higgins and Donovan Jones people are relevant receivers. And I like Higgins better. I mean, he's been around longer. He's a veteran. Uh, I think he's been underutilized uh, criminally in Cleveland. And uh, he was actually one of my top pickups for wide receiver this last week. I am all about Hollywood Higgins in this matchup. I would play him. And, you know, if you want to take a chance on Donovan Jones' people, again, I think the Browns are going to be playing from behind and having to pass a little bit more than usual. So that bodes well for both of them. Darren Waller, I mean, this matchup is, it doesn't get any better than this matchup. So I like Darren Waller a lot. I am playing him as much as I can. I think he just has a really big game. Uh, even even a bigger game than Johnny Smith, maybe. I don't know. Those are both of those guys are my top two tight ends. I think this week because the the matchup is just too good to be true. So start Darren Waller. Sit Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant had a big week last week. Two touchdowns. Did amazing job. The Raiders can. De- Fin the tight end, though. So I I definitely think that Harrison Bryant isn't going to have near the game he had last week. He can be on your bench. So another game, like I said, that's going to be high scoring. And these morning games, man, it's going to be one of those ones where you're going to have to have TVs everywhere because you're going to want to 
uh, at least catch a, a piece of all this action that's going to be happening. With this next matchup, this is the opposite. The, the, the first two I was really giddy about how much offense there was going to be, how many fantasy points we're going to be racking up in these ones. This one is the complete opposite of that. This one's going to be a low-scoring, just sludge game. It's the Indianapolis Colts at the Detroit Lions. And the Colts are favored by two and a half points. And I agree with that. I think the Colts cover more than that. Uh, it's going to be a low-scoring game, but they're definitely going to beat the Lions. I just don't see anything in the Lions offense that I like. I'm starting Kenny Galladay for the Lions. Maybe that's it. I, I think that's it. That is it. All I'm starting is Kenny Galladay. And uh, that's just from a volume perspective. He's their number one receiver. So I, I think that uh, just that volume is going to make him be a startable asset. On the Indianapolis Colts side of the ball, you know, I kind of wavered on this. Philip Rivers really is floating around my 12th, 13th ranked quarterback in this one. And I get it. Rivers doesn't throw the ball. Uh, well, he throws the ball a ton, but he throws the ball a ton really short distances. So he doesn't always make him fantasy relevant. And this one, I have him, I have him as a start, though. I think you can start Philip Rivers. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I really like in this one. You know, Jonathan Taylor's been getting a lot of slack that, you know, mostly about his usage because Wilkins has definitely been, you know, vulturing his usage and his targets. And they're like, you know, why isn't Frank Reich running Jonathan Taylor? He needs to get more carries. Wilkins carrying the ball too much. And Wilkins is carrying the ball too much. I would definitely see what I have in Jonathan Taylor. I think he can be a workhorse back. I know they haven't really needed Jonathan Taylor to be the workhorse back because they're winning. But... In this game, I like Jonathan Taylor. I think he sees a lot of action. And if he can't produce in a matchup like this one, then I don't know when he's going to produce for you. I'm sorry. He's, he's going to be – Jonathan Taylor's forever going to be like a flex-type running back if he can't put it together for this game. So he's a definite start and should be one of the top running back plays of the week. Zach Paschal. I like him. Actually, he's the only receiver I like for the Colts. I think it's going to be Phillip Rivers to Zach Paschal in this game. And you're going to see a lot of that. And, and Paschal, I think he gets over 70 yards receiving. Potentially could get a touchdown. We'll see. It's uh, it's a good matchup for Paschal. And uh, it's just weird, you know, saying, hey, you guys need to start Zach Paschal. He's going to be a good play. Uh yeah, it is It is weird to say, and it's true, though. T.Y. Hilton has been non-existent, uh, really non-existent, even for good matchups, and this is the same type of thing. T.Y. Hilton has a, an amazing matchup against these Detroit Lions, and I have him on my bench. I just don't trust him. I actually would drop him if I had the opportunity. If I had him on my roster, I don't, luckily. I stayed away from him in all my fantasy leagues. I would be staying away from, uh, or I'd be dropping T.Y. Hilton if I had him. Uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, he didn't do very well against the Falcons. I don't think he's going to do very well against the Colts. Colts are going to eat him alive in this matchup. Naeem Hines uh, for the Colts. Trey Burton, I have them as benches, especially Trey Burton. The one thing 
the the Lions can do pretty well is stop the tight end, and they're pretty good at stopping the running back out of the backfield. So that kind of eliminate, eliminates Naheem Hines. I think that's his only value is as a receiver. And uh, DeAndre Swift, Adrian Peterson, gotta love them, but uh, they're especially the, the game that DeAndre Swift had last week. This is a bad matchup. Colts are one of the top defenses in the NFL. Uh, I don't see any relevance for Swift or Peterson in this matchup. So Marvin Jones, yeah, we don't need to talk about him anymore. He's like the T.Y. Hilton of the Lions. Uh, not that there's a T.Y. Hilton of every team, but Marvin Jones is another one that hasn't been productive, and even with good matchups, isn't being productive. So... Uh, I'm out on Marvin Jones. He needs to be on the bench. And then T.G. Hawkinson. Colts defend the tight end position. And Hawkinson had a great game last week. You know, that last zero-time touchdown saved him. Uh, This one, he won't be so lucky. And he'll not have the week that you would want from him. So, there you have it. This is uh, the the, uh, anti-exciting game of the week. This game is a rematch from week one where we thought it was going to be a low-scoring game and it turned into a shootout all over the place. Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers are favored by seven, and I'm taking the Packers, giving up the seven points. Minnesota's defense is horrid. Packers' offense is pretty explosive. I don't think Minnesota can keep up. Packers' defense isn't that great either, but I I think they're better than Minnesota's, and that's the difference in the game. Starting Aaron Rodgers, starting Jamal Williams, and Jamal Williams has an okay matchup in this one. It's, it's not great, but it's good enough for him to be a start, especially with the way the Packers use the running back position. You know that Aaron Jones has a calf injury, and he looks like he might be sitting out another week. So that opens the door for Jamal Williams to have a pretty good day, and uh, at least volume-wise. So with that matchup, be middle-of-the-road matchup with the volume that Williams will get, he's a good play. Devontae Adams, he, of course, he has an amazing matchup. It, it, this matchup is just ridiculous. You know, you saw what he did last week, and... It, it's tough to beat what he did last week, but he has a matchup to do it. Like this matchup, he can do uh, what he did this, the the week before in this one. So uh, it's sad because you're going to expect it, and if he doesn't get it, you're going to be disappointed. But it's there. It's there for the taking. He just Devonte Adams needs to just go out and grab it. Adam Thielen has a horrible matchup, but I'm starting him because he's Adam Thielen, and they need to throw it somewhere. They're going to fall behind in this game. They're going to need to throw it. They need to throw it to someone, and it's going to be Adam Thielen. Robert Tanyan, the tight end for the Packers, he is a start as well. I think he has a good matchup. He needs to be he needs to be played in your lineup. You're sitting for the Packers anyways. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I'm tired of him. He... Uh, you know, Alan Lazard is coming back. Won't be back for this game, though. And uh, I just think that Marquez Valdez-Scantling is starting to become a little irrelevant for fantasy football purposes. 
Uh, Vikings, you're sitting Justin Jefferson. And I hate to say that because he's been coming on really strong, scoring a lot of points. But uh, he's been really, uh, I mean, lately he's been pretty hot. But there's been some duds in between those uh, hot games. And I think this is one of those games where he just doesn't have a good game. The, the matchup's actually not there for him. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be able to contain Justin Jefferson. Irv Smith, same thing. This is a bad game for tight ends for Minnesota. Don't play Irv Smith. I know you picked him up because he started to get more targets, and uh, the Vikings do use their tight ends, but uh, not in this one. You need to be benching Irv Smith. And, uh, yeah, this is more NFC North football. This next game, this next game is just all type of crazy. I don't know what to say about this game, really. It's, uh, you know what the outcome is going to be. You know it's not going to be pretty. But it's just a lot of weird things to it. And here's the one thing, the, the, the first thing that kind of stood out to me on this. The New York Jets and at the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs are favored by 21 points. 21 points. This is an NFL game. An NFL game and someone's a 21-point underdog. I would always take the 21 points, regardless. It's the NFL. There's No one wins by 21 points, and no one's favored by 21 points. Give me the points. But in this one, I'm actually taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs. I think they win by 21 points. I mean, the Dolphins beat them 24 nothing. I mean, the Chiefs are way better than the Dolphins. I just don't see how the Jets, you know, stay within uh, 21 points of the Chiefs in this game. Another factor in this is Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's coming back, uh, well, he's in Kansas City, but the Jets are coming to Kansas City to face Le'Veon Bell, who just kind of demanded a trade and got out of there. And this is going to be the Le'Veon Bell revenge game. He actually probably went to the Chiefs because he's like, well, who plays the Jets first? Oh, it's the Chiefs? I'm going there because I want to run all over you guys. And he's going to. He's going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns, getting a lot of yards. And, you know, I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. There's nothing against him. I don't think that Bell totally takes over the backfield. But in this game, I kind of do because this is a revenge game. And, you know, everyone likes to see a good story. So that's my prediction on this one. Le'Veon Bell, if you haven't guessed, is definitely in one of my starts. He is probably the start. I th This matchup is too good to be true. And uh, Le'Veon Bell is definitely going to eat. And he's going to be the bell cow. Uh, the Le'Veon bell cow. Patrick Mahomes has a bad matchup. Jets do pretty well against the quarterback. But you're starting Mahomes. You, you don't bench a guy like Mahomes ever. It's we don't need to talk about it. Uh, LaMichael Perrine, I think, is the one Jet that I would start. I think he has potential to, re, you know, get the uh, receptions out of the backfield, and he's gonna open. You know, it's gonna be uh, the the running game is gonna open up a little bit with uh, them being behind so bad. They're gonna ex be expecting them to pass, and they're gonna have to mix it up a little bit by trying to run draws and screens and things to keep the Chiefs at bay. So I think that's where Perrine gets his bread and butter and is relevant. I I, I don't like Frank Gore. 
just because, again, I think they're going to be way behind, and Gore is mostly utilized as a runner, and that's going to hurt his production a little bit. Sam Darnold, don't like him. We don't need to talk about it. You know, you weren't thinking about starting him against the Chiefs. You're not thinking of starting him against anybody. So you don't have to worry about Sam Darnold. Brashad Perriman, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, Chris Herndon, everybody. To the bench. Just bench them all. They're the Jets. They're, you know, you don't want to predict a hot game from anybody because lately you haven't seen any. And until you see some, they're, they're really not good plays at this point. I think Jamison Crowder's the one that has potential to, you know, score some points uh, from that slot position, especially being behind. But, you know, the Jets have showed even from behind where they have to pass the ball that their guys can still be irrelevant. And I just don't know how that's possible. But with the Jets, everything is possible. And just Adam Gase is such a horrible coach. Uh, my, rant's a little, my rant is over. Let's talk about the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill has a bad matchup, but it's Tyreek Hill, so you're going to be playing him. He has that great rapport with Mahomes, so you know he can get that big play, 40, 30-yard touchdown that uh, uh, kind of saves your your output for uh, the wide receiver position. And Tyreek Hill has just really consistently been from that uh, you know 10 to 16-point range. He had one dud of a game. And I, I don't see this one being one of those. Travis Kelsey, he is a must-start. He's going to have a, not Raheem must-start, he's a must-start. Um, Travis Kelsey is going to have a huge game. And, I mean, the only way I see him not having a huge game is if they get so far in the lead that they're like, we're just done passing the ball. We're just going to hand it off, go home, and, you know, it definitely could be if it's Le'Veon Bell. Overall, uh, this game's intriguing because of that. It's not, again, it's not going to be because you're looking at a close game. You're going to be watching this to be like, man, are the Jets really going to cover the spread? Are they not going to cover the spread? What's going on? This game is so horrible. Um, you're going to be watching it. Basically, it's this game's a perfect time for Halloween because this is going to be the football equivalent of watching a horror movie. The Los Angeles Rams at the Miami Dolphins. The Los Angeles Rams are favored by three and a half points. And that's about right. I think the Rams beat them. Dolphins, yeah, I, I get it. Dolphins are playing better. Uh, they're tough to play against when the Dolphins are at home. But I think the Rams fly all the way to the east and take out the Dolphins and win by more than that. Uh, you're starting Daryl Henderson. This is another game where Daryl Henderson has a potential to really have an amazing game. I know the running back by committee thing, it always throws a wrench in it. And I know if Sean McVay is listening, he's going to go to a different running back just to spite me. Because that's what he does. Uh, you know, Malcolm Brown's a start, too. I put him in there because one of those guys is going to go off. So try to guess which one. But you can safely say it's not going to be Cam Akers. Cam Akers has been irrelevant so far. He's actually been a big bust if you drafted him as a rookie. You know, you heard a lot about him. And I was just worried about this backfield. It just seemed like there was too many uh, mouths to feed. 
and that kind of proved to be the case because that's really yeah that's what pretty much has happened daryl henderson though in this matchup it's a prime matchup for someone to excel and if i'm going to bet on anyone it's going to be daryl henderson so uh, but i think both of them can be starts cooper cup you're starting him. I just like him in this matchup. Dolphins do a really good job of defending the receiver, but uh, Cup, especially if he's going to be playing from the slot, uh, I, I like that. Uh, I, I like him as a play here in this matchup. Mike Gesicki, amazing matchup. He, uh, the Rams don't do a good job of defending the tight end. Gesicki kind of laid an egg last week, and I think he has kind of a redemption song on this game. Sitting, everybody, you know, this is a big game for a lot of different reasons. But the biggest reason why this is a big game is for Tua Tagovailoa. He is starting his first game, and the Dolphins were really smart about it. They're like, Tua, you're not going to play against this crappy team. Tua, you're not going to play against this team. This team's too easy. Oh, we're going to play the Rams with Aaron Donald? You're going to be eaten alive? Yeah, that's you're going to start. Get out there. Good luck, kid. And that's really what it's going to be like. He's a sit for me, fantasy football purposes. But uh, it doesn't matter who you play. You're going to be excited to be out there playing and starting with the team. And uh, it'll be nice to see the uh, Tua era start and uh, with the Dolphins. I'm sure fans are excited. Uh, we'll see how excited Tua is after this game uh, from being on his backside. Jared Goff is a, is a sit on this one. Uh, Dolphins do well against the opposing quarterbacks. You know, they actually held Russell Wilson for most of the game in, in that matchup. So, you know, if they can hold Russell Wilson, they can definitely stop Jared Goff. And uh, the Dolphins are actually, like I said, statistically they're good at st uh, stopping the uh, quarterback position. Miles Gaskins is a definitely a bench. You know, I, I like Miles Gaskins. He has a lot of promise in the future matchups. This just happens to not be one of them. He needs to be a sit. Uh, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, they all need to be sat as well. And I hate saying that. And part of the reason why they need to be a sit is, for one, it's not a good matchup. But for two, it's a rookie quarterback making his deb debut. And usually it doesn't, you know, a lot of times they're, the, the wide receivers don't have big games, especially on a rookie quarterback's debut. Um, it's just they do more of the easy reads to the tight ends, to the running backs. They try to really simplify it. So that really takes the targets away from the wide receivers. So that's why I don't like them in this matchup. The the Rams, obviously, outside of Goff, is uh, Bobby Trees, Mr. Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higbee. All of them, I think, are you know, contained by this Dolphins defense. And, you know, having uh, walked through this game with you guys, it really makes me think that this game is not going to be good. It's just not. It's, it, there's definitely a lot of other morning games that you're going to be watching over this one. This one is, uh, there's not a lot of excitement. There's not a lot of matchups that I totally love outside of Daryl Henderson if uh, they decide to give him the ball. Um, yeah, so you'll be watching other games. What time is it? 
It's the game of the week time, and this game of the week is the Pittsburgh Steelers for the second time in a row at the Baltimore Ravens. So what type of schedule is this where the Steelers and the Titans square off, and then the very next week they go to Baltimore and have to face the Ravens? This is football heaven. The Ravens and the Steelers are the best rivalry in football right now. You know, for the last two decades, just watching them battle, hit each other. I mean, some of these hits that they get on each other, like, I get hurt watching it. It's, uh, you know, whether it's high scoring, low scoring, it's always entertaining games. So, having said that with this one, the Ravens are favored by five and a half points. Now, I think the Ravens win this game. I think the Steelers' reign of being undefeated is over, and they're, you know, they're going to fall. They're going to be the last undefeated team. And Ravens are going to take away that crown from the Steelers. And it's unfortunate, but it's going to happen. Baltimore is a really good team in itself. And when these two teams meet, it doesn't matter how bad the other one is. Uh, it's, it's usually a pretty close game. Uh, but since it always is a pretty close game, I'm taking the Steelers with the 5.5 points. I don't think the Ravens win by 5.5 I think if they win, it's going to be like one to three points. So give me the Steelers all day if you're giving me five and a half points against the Ravens. I I just don't like that point spread at all. So, again, give me the Steelers, uh, but give me the Ravens to win this game and, uh, you know, take the crown away from the Steelers as the last undefeated team. And not only that, but it has really, uh, really big division consequences to this game because if the Ravens win they are in sole place of first place in the division with uh, the head-to-head and if the Steelers win they are a game ahead or they're two games ahead record-wise but a game ahead division-wise so there's a lot at stake of this game it's going to be interesting I am starting Ben Roethlisberger he it's not necessarily an amazing matchup but it's good enough that I think Ben Roethlisberger has a good game. And it's not going to be like the other Steeler games where they got out to such a big lead that they could just run out the clock the rest of the game. Roethlisberger's going to have to be efficient and effective, and he's going to do that in this game. So he's a good start. Um, I also have Deontay Johnson because anytime someone gets 11 to 13 targets a game, he's the guy I want on my fantasy football team, and I need to put them in my lineup. Good things happen. Now, I get the Ravens are really good. Their secondary is like the best secondary in football. If I were the Steelers, I would have to throw out a bunch of receivers because there's, you know, the top three cornerbacks for the Ravens are pretty fantastic. Uh, but Dante Johnson is going to get enough targets to be relevant. And that's the same with Mark Andrews. Steelers are pretty good at defending the tight end position. Even with Devin Bush being out, uh, Terrell Edmonds has done a great job. So, uh, I, Mark Andrews, I don't like this matchup, but it's Mark Andrews. Lamar Jackson doesn't throw it to very many people outside of that. And uh, so you, you got to play him just for the potential of the, the targets he will get and the touchdowns. I'm sitting Lamar Jackson because the Steelers figured him out last year. That was one of his worst games of the regular season was against the Steelers. And then the Titans went along and actually just copied it. And that's how they beat the Ravens in the playoffs. 
the Titans' blueprint was the Steelers' blueprint blueprint for how to stop Lamar Jackson. So I don't think Lamar Jackson has a good game this this game, and uh, Steelers are going to stop him from being able to be the running mobile quarterback that he is. And I don't trust Lamar Jackson this year to throw the ball and be accurate. He just hasn't done it this year. And, you know, like I like Hollywood Brown because I think they could – you know he can make some big plays in this one, but uh, part of the reason why Holly Bra- Hollywood Brown's been a disappointment is because uh, Lamar Jackson can't get him the ball. Um, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins. If you're a running back for the Ravens, I don't want to start you. Steelers are great at stopping the run. Uh, Sands a 75-yard run by Miles Sanders. Outside of that, they've been pretty effective. And I don't know what Ravens running back they're going to try to utilize on top of that. So I'm just all out on that whole backfield. Um, For the Steelers, I hate to say this, but I'm out on pretty much everybody. James Conner, the Ravens can stuff the run just as well as the Steelers. So I don't think this is going to uh, be a big game for James Conner. Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, James Washington, Eric Ebron. Basically, I, I only like Deontay Johnson because of the targets. Other than that, these other receivers, I don't like. I don't think they're going to have a big game, and I would be hesitant to start them in this matchup. Love the matchup, but uh, you know, as a, as a football game, but from a fantasy football perspective, going through the numbers and the stats, I, I don't like a lot of players in this matchup, unfortunately. Um, you know, Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed. I think Willie Sneed's a sneaky play here because the the second receiver for the Ravens is always the one that uh, kind of kills the Steelers. I mean, outside of A.J. Brown last week. But uh, and Willie Sneed kind of plays that slot position when they go three wide. And that's just the type of receiver that would kill the Steelers and, and their schemes because they'll be focused on everybody else. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, it's really looking like this is going to be a defensive game. And, yeah, you're going to be disappointed by uh, the, the fantasy relevance in it. So, you know, sit back with some popcorn, watch the action. I can't say enough about this game of the week. Uh, I think this is the game that everyone's going to be talking about when it's done. All right, y'all, we're going to wrap it up. This is the Burke and Miz the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, I'm Miz the Wiz Montalban. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all the major podcast stations. Like us, review us, comment, do whatever you need to do. We appreciate every listen. In the meantime... We'll be back at it tomorrow. We'll be uh, reviewing all the Sunday afternoon games, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. And in the meantime, enjoy the Thursday night game. It's going to be a doozy. Falcons-Panthers doesn't get any better than that on a Thursday night. So we'll, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about that too. So take care. We'll see you tomorrow.